This morning, the title of our message is God Worth Praising. We're going to look at Psalm 8. Um, if you um, have a Bible with you, feel free to turn to Psalm 8. We had a, uh, I don't know about you, but we certainly have enjoyed the gift-giving season. Uh, one of the things that I like about gift-giving is sharing the joy. Um, even in the age of, uh, our, as our kids grow older and Amazon wish lists and things, uh, so sometimes there's less surprise. Um, it's great to give a gift where uh, there is real joy at the gift. Um, and for me as a, a parent, um, I think as an average person, I'm not a great gift giver. I'd say it's not a strength of mine, but I do really enjoy it. Um, and I really enjoy when the gift is a bell ringer, you know, when there's like, wow, you get one of those, a holy smokes, or, you know, some kind of uh, reaction that's like, this is what I always wanted, or uh, something like that. I love seeing um, that joy, don't you? Um, I know that uh, even uh, with some of the folks that are not able to make it today, we saw uh, via social media a lot of pictures of kids' faces of great joy from gifts. And that was just a whole lot of fun. It's not easy to do um, as a parent to catch that picture. So <laughs> my kudos to everyone who does. Um, I enjoyed even a slightly different variety of that. We had my parents visiting, um, and my dad in particular has been... Um, Tickled by the fact that we bought a house just uh, a block away from where the old Memorial Stadium used to be because my dad was an Orioles fan before I was born. Um, uh, both of the Robinsons, among many others, and uh, so he had fun. Some of you may have seen, wanted to go out. The YMCA put an outdoor field uh, with home plate at the exact spot where home plate used to be in the old Memorial Stadium where the Baltimore Colts and the Orioles played. And my dad uh, was a, an infielder. He was an all-state uh, baseball and basketball um, athlete who who won scholarships and state championships and whatnot. So it was a big deal for him. Uh, and it was a lot of fun because I broke out uh, his old baseball card collection, which years and years, decades ago, he uh, gifted to me and we organized uh, once together. Um, and it was a lot of fun to watch him flip through these baseball cards from 1958 to the early 60s and just see the joy on his face like a kid again to, to see these things and have those memories. And I think that... Uh, if you have experienced a tough time this year, it might be a relevant question to ask, is God worth praising? And I think it might be really helpful in your healing process after a difficult year to ask the question, is God worth praising? In my experience, God is not afraid of tough questions. And he's not afraid of our honesty at our disappointment and our pain at our struggle. And I, in reading about Jesus and the story of Jesus, I was struck by a moment with some kids where they were excited about the gift. And you have to kind of read slowly to find moments like this. It was uh, actually in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 16, shortly after Jesus had cleansed the temple from all the commercial activities that were going on there, um, Jesus actually started to perform some miracles and he healed people that were unable to see and he healed uh, multiple people, a variety of people. And the eyewitness accounts say that there were kids in the temple who shouted, praise God. 
You may remember from past series in the Psalms, it's Yada Yahweh. It's a it's a it's an exclamation, kind of like that gift receiving joy we just talked about. It was it's an exclamation word, and it was interesting to me that the kids who were thankful that Jesus was there among them healing people also got a hold of a way that Jesus described himself, which we'll talk more about next week, and that is Son of David which had deep meaning to them. And in fact, in that moment where these children are exclaiming, like this this was a, a notable moment that people were like, wow, that happened. And it was so important that people felt it necessary to write down for those who would choose to be believe, Jesus followers and that ancient believers would include it as like, this is scripture, this is God-inspired scripture, this little story, it's an amazing thing. And what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 16 is he referred to Psalm 8 in his affirming of the kids shouting. In affirming the kids shouting, he referenced Psalm 8. And I want to read the whole psalm. It's not very long. For the choir director, a psalm of David to be accompanied by stringed instruments. Glad we had some stringed instruments today. The psalmist notation here. That, hey, David wrote this. It's for everybody to sing. Okay. Our Lord, our God, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength. That's what Jesus referred to. Silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims, the ocean currents. O Lord our God, your majestic name fills the earth. But this is one of those psalms that starts and ends with the same refrain, kind of like we did in psalmic worship today. There were a few refrains that we sang in a repeated fashion. That's an ancient practice of God believers, of God worshipers. And there is a lot going on in this song, and we won't be able to touch all of the truth that is there. So I invite it for your invitation to your inspection during the week. But I want to focus on the refrain that is at the beginning and at the end. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Okay, so it is God, you are above all, and you are our Lord. We see a, a, a possession, a hey, this is my, this is my team. Oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. So David wrote a song about God whose majestic name fills the earth, a glorious creator. God who cares about humans, giving them glory, identity, and purpose. David finds wonder in our God. He finds wonder in who God is and how God relates to humanity. That's part of this song. And over history, and it's recorded in Scripture and in a lot of great books, we see that people gave names to God. 
their descriptive names. And with giving names to God that they passed down to us, that they wrote down, that they sang, that they prayed, that were counted by the the ancient councils to be like, hey, this is a part of scripture, this is inspired. These descriptive names that people gave to God was kind of like their way of saying, hey, this, insert the descriptive name here. Yahweh Rapha, our healer, or whatever it is, this name is what I have found to be true about God. And this descriptive name is what you, it's what I believe you will find to be true about God. I don't know about you, but when I do some online shopping, and and for all of you that are about to send me an email, I do also buy local first, with my auto mechanic and with certain kinds of gifts. I don't want your hate mail. I appreciate honesty. When I do online shopping, I don't know if, if you're like me, I look at the reviews. And I look at, like, like I'm, I'm, I use a particular website that uses stars, right? To kind of show you an average of how good the reviews were, like one through five. And then I also look at how many reviews. Like, the more reviews, the more people who have experienced this. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but... How do I know they're not Russian bots? How do I know these are real people with a real opinion, an opinion that I should trust? I have found that the critics don't like some of the movies I like. How much more so is these online sites? Or What are we doing when we're looking at those online reviews? Well, we're looking for truth. We're looking for truth about that object that we want to buy. We want to find out if that object really is as advertised, Right? So with these descriptive names that people gave to God, it was their review. It was their way of saying, this is what I have experienced God to be, and I have found that to also be reliable, to be repeatable. I applied the scientific method to God, and this is what I found about God to be true. It was a repeatable experiment, and so I'm giving God this descriptive name that I pass on to you, because I believe that you can also find this to be true. Are you with me? Now, are you starting to get curious about what some of those names are? Oh, good. Some of you are awake this morning. It's an amazing gift. So here's a few of them. In Genesis 14, and I'll just direct your attention to the screen, uh, chapter uh, 14, verses 17 through 20, Melchizedek, the royal priest king, referred to Yahweh as El Elyon, the Most High God, the God above all other gods. Isaiah, the prophet to whom the most was revealed about the coming Messiah, in, in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28-31, had used this word to describe Yahweh God, Yahweh El Olam, the everlasting God, the God who is forever. And this is deep, and we could talk about this one for hours, but think about this. Isaiah was living in a time of conflict, of problems, and he ministered for a long period of time, and he saw a lot of things. But he saw God at work in every one of those things, and God had revealed to him a lot about the Messiah that would come, that would bring a lot of what God desired for his people to pass. And Isaiah's way of saying, listen, God is forever. God always has been God today has the perspective of what has always been, and God will always be. It's a descriptive name. So, and, I, and again, remember, our perspective here is we're trying to ask the question, is God worth praising? What we see by Hagar, a story that is painful. This is, if you want, if you're ready to stream something that's dramatic, go to Genesis chapter 16 and verse 13. Hagar, who has been done injustice, who has been mistreated and abused, 
to whom God revealed himself to her when she was out in the wilderness trying to fend for herself and her child. God said, I have heard your cry. But then she gave a descriptive name to God, Yahweh Elroy, not Leroy, Elroy. And she said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? God is the God who sees. God is the God who knows us, who understands us, who when no one else understands us perfectly, God is the one who understands us perfectly. She was alone, abused, mistreated. And she said, listen, this is what God is like. Here's a few more. Abraham, Genesis chapter 22, verses 13 through 14. Another very dramatic story around this sacrifice. We're being asked to do something by God, dramatic, and finding a need. And God provides a sacrificial ram in the thicket. And he says, Yahweh Yireh, or Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. That's what God's like. Moses builds an altar to worship God after God had done dramatic miracles. God had brought about protection. God had brought about a change to the course of nations and human history. Moses builds an altar, a place and a time of worship. And he says, Yahweh Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, our banner. God is the one whose team we're on. God is the one who is essential to our identity. David, the shepherd, that begins Psalm 23, verse 1, with Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. And think about all that that meant to David. That had already prophetic significance in his people, but also it was still an occupation. It was something that he did. He knew very well how dependent the sheep were upon him for their survival. How very essential his guidance of the sheep was to not only their survival, but to their well-being. A good shepherd could manage where he took them so that in any season, in a harsh winter climate, they could be free from being bothered by predators and they could have something to eat and something to drink. And David, who had a personal relationship with God that was such that when Jesus came, he identified himself with David despite his sexual sin and, and his violent sin and his manipulation and his, his great mistakes of humanity. Jesus associated himself with David because there was something about this priestly king in David. It was something about the nature of his personal relationship with God and what he learned about his personal relationship with God. And I think it is no mistake that people far and wide, whether they would identify themselves as believers or not, they are familiar with the phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a descriptive name of God that was put together, that was something that was repeated, that people would refer to. I found what David sang about to be true. God is a good shepherd. Gideon, Judges chapter 6 and verse 24, is in a time of war, of oppression, of injustice, of his people being stolen from, of, of great pain. 
And God has spoken a word about a peace that would come that seems impossible. And here we are in a city known by suffering and death, feeling overwhelmed by God. When will the bloodshed stop? When will it stop? What can we possibly do? It is so easy for us to be overcome by the evil that we see in Baltimore. And yet God has called us, as we see in Romans 12, to not be overcome by evil, but to overcome come evil with good, that we would have a peace inside of us that Gideon had to fight for internally. There was a struggle between Gideon and God. Internally, Gideon had to put God to different kind of tests to see if God's word was actually true, if God was actually going to do what he said before Gideon was willing to take the action that God had asked him to take. And so it is with us as we wrestle with these different issues. And, and, And my faith has been bruised and I have doubt. And God invites us to bring our doubt out into the light. That if we would bring our doubt out into the light and identify what our questions are and then faithfully take one step at a time to pursue answers to our questions, choosing to believe that God is who he said he is, maybe even choosing to believe that even in a time of injustice and pain and difficulty and and, and even feeling the need to hide like Gideon did, experience all of those things that we might also come to believe that how Gideon described God would be true for us as well. Yahweh Shalom. That truth and all, and there are hours of studies that would be really meaningful for you to dig into with what Yahweh Shalom means. And then just like a meal that's like really expensive, that takes a long time to prepare, that you don't want to eat fast, you want to eat slow. You want to savor the sight, the sound, the smell. Yahweh Shalom can be like that to you. That in any moment you can repeat it and think about it and question it and meditate on it and pray it. As we pursue answers to the questions in the face of all that we experience, is God worth praising? Well, maybe God is like he revealed himself to Gideon to be. Yahweh Shalom. God, our peace. So good, yeah? So we see a number of others, including some that God used to describe himself, El Shaddai, God Almighty, when he spoke to Abraham in Genesis 17, 1, when he spoke to Moses, Jehovah uh, Mechadeshim, Lord, my sanctifier. He described himself as a sanctifier. Uh, and uh, Yahweh Rapha, our healer, he spoke to Moses in Exodus 15, verse 26. You see, Jehovah Shammah, Yahweh Shammah, the Lord is present. He spoke to Ezekiel. God also referred to himself as our righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. Yahweh Sidkenu, meaning uh, God is the one who brings us to a place of being in right relationship with him and right relationship with other others healthy uh, internal condition, a healthy internal condition that evidences itself with a healthy relationship with God and other people. That's what God is talking about there. And you see it even in the very beginning in Genesis 1-1, Elohim, the mighty God, the big God, the God bigger than anything else. So, from all of these things, what have we learned about God? Well, I'm going to keep it simple today. 
God our Creator and Redeemer is worth praising with the best of our energy. That's what I've come to believe. God our Creator and Redeemer is worth praising with the best of our energy. Well, why do I say that? Well, Jesus is asked in his time on earth, hey, what's the most important thing in Scripture? And he answers with, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor in the same way you take care of yourself. We should take away from the words of Jesus what an essential truth is. God is worth praising with the best of our energy. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. So you'll see on the screen, I have just a practical suggestion there on the bottom. Set a reminder alarm. Now, pretty much everyone here has a phone, dumb or smart, that can set alarms. Or or, or a watch, maybe. I like watches. Set an alarm morning, noon, and night. Today, this week. To be a time where you pause to praise God. There's certainly benefit for you to come and listen to somebody else talk about their relationship with God, but there's an entirely different benefit for you to have a relationship with God yourself. I want to encourage you to respond to this message today by praising God yourself. For your own reasons. I I prayed through a a sunrise this morning because I'm old enough now that sometimes I wake up really early without knowing why. And I prayed through this one uh, sunrise this past week that was just beautiful. And uh, for me, growing up in in the Pacific Northwest, I've been outdoors a lot. And uh, being out in the outdoors has really helped me get a, a stronger sense of awe at who God is. And over the course of my life, I have, through a variety of personal experiences, learned that God is bigger than me. God is far beyond my capacity. God can do more than I ever can. That I am weak and tired and frail in comparison with the energy of God, the sovereign control of God. But I have also found God to be gentle. In my experience, God the Holy Spirit tends to work on one issue at a time and tends to do so gently. And as I was just praying through the sunrise one morning this past week, it wasn't every week, it wasn't every morning, it was just one morning. I thought about how would I describe God? If I were to give God a descriptive name for me, based on my experience, what would that be? And I, I, for me, it is the brilliant and gentle one. Because I've found that though God has strength, God is, and that even though God is brilliant and amazing, just like that sunrise was, God is also gentle. God hasn't thrashed me about with his strength. So I wonder what your answers will be this week when you take time to reflect on what have you found God to be like? What might your descriptive name for God be? Will you stand with me as we close in prayer this morning?
So again, I just encourage you to set, set an alarm for morning, noon, and night. Whether it's 10 seconds or 60 seconds, whatever it is, that you would pause just long enough to just say, praise God, like the kids did in the temple. God, I thank you that you brought us here to this place to enjoy time in your presence, singing your praises, sharing at the communion table, hearing your word. I thank you that you are brilliant and gentle. I thank you that you forgive us. I ask, Lord, would you bring us strength? Would you help us to have spiritual clarity, to set aside things that are temporary, to look to you as priority? God, we believe that you are worth praising. Help us, Lord, to be reminded daily to thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you so much for being here today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week. And